So let's pray. Father, I thank you today for your presence being here. And God, I thank you that you are familiar with what we're facing. Lord, you know the burdens that many are facing today. Miss Shelby, Lord God, her family and Becky, her, their family, I know you're already giving comfort to them. And Lord, these days to come, I pray that you would continue to do that. Lord, for this hurricane, we just let that thing dissolve in Jesus' name. Lord God, let, that, let it be better than what they can imagine. Don't let it cause that harm. Keep everyone safe in its path. And God, today, everybody that's sick with COVID, or Lord God, I pray a miracle, I pray a touch, and this COVID just leaves in Jesus' name. Lord, let this thing leave our land. And God, we turn to you. We know you're in control of every situation. And Lord, we ask you to speak to our hearts today. Church, let's say it together. Lord, speak to my heart. Change my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me read our key scripture, and then I'll let you be seated. Um, our series text has been 2 Chronicles 7, 14. And when I began to pray about this series, uh, this verse came to mind, and then the Lord let me know this is the address of the church uh, our church street address is 2714, and this is Second Chronicles 714. I believe it's a destiny, uh, uh, it's the destiny of our church to see a move of God. I really do. We have seen God move, but we haven't seen nothing yet, church. And we're called a move church for a reason. And I think this verse will describe it, and this is the reason why we're looking at this so closely. The Lord said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. And we've spent a couple of weeks on those two things. And seek my face, we'll be talking about that today, and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Don't we need that, folks? In our series text today, we are talking about that third thing that the Lord said that my people, if they would just do this. This is, the Lord wants to move. He wants to forgive. He wants to heal our land. He wants to hear every prayer that we pray. There's some things he said, I need my people to do. And that third thing, he said, I, I want, the third thing he said, I want them to seek my face. So today we're going to be looking at worship. Worship. What is worship? What does it look like? And Jesus, in his third temptation from the enemy, uh, it says, that, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Doesn't he have the nerve? <laughs> Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So today a question I would like for every one of us to ask, no matter how long you've been in church, no matter what position you've held in church, uh, it doesn't matter your background, or maybe this is all brand new to, to you today, but let's ask ourselves, who will we worship? You're worshiping somebody. If you're not worshiping God, you're giving worship to the enemy of your soul, the devil. So who will you worship? We have two choices, God or Satan. 
So we're going to look at it. Let's choose God, every one of us. Amen? You can be seated. Thank you for being here today, coming out in the middle of uh, hurricane weather. Thankfully, um, we're able to meet today. God's got something for us today. So worship, you know, praise. We just had a time of praise and worship is what we call that. And it's a powerful time. It's the reason why many times God begins to move during those times and gives a word or, or put something on my heart to say. Because it's during those times that our hearts are more open. Our hearts are open, focused on the Lord. And I'm telling you, when, you're, when you have an atmosphere like that, God begins to move and begins to give words of comfort, begins to touch, begins to heal. And it's so important for us to have that. But that is, that is not what... Uh, that's not the totality of worship, okay? Praise is an act of worship. Uh, those slow songs are an act of worship, but that is not the total uh, uh, definition of worship. Those are acts of worship. Worship is a lifestyle. If you're taking notes, if you want to write that down on your bulletin, you don't have a blank for that. But worship is a lifestyle. Your worship of God should affect every area of your life, every area of your life. And there are three facts about worship that I want to give you this morning. First of all, God demands it. He demands worship. The first two, not, excuse me, yeah, the first two commandments of the Ten Commandments have to deal with worship for God. He said in Exodus 20, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. Verse 5, he said, you shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. God here is telling us that you will either put me first place or I will not receive worship from you. I must be worshipped as first place in your life. God deserves, he demands it, uh, he will be worshipped. And if we don't do it, the Bible says the very rocks will cry out. God is worshipped and he demands worship. All creation, the Bible says, worships God. The psalmist said, the heavens declare the glory of God and skies proclaim the work of his hands. All creation, look at Revelation all creation worships, it says, Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne. Isn't that a beautiful picture? That all creation, the fish, the birds, every creation singing out to the Lord in unison to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb to be praised and honor and glory and power forever and ever. So God demands worship from his creation. We are his creation. He demands worship for, from us, and worship is putting him first. Now, he already has worship. He shouldn't need our worship, but he deserves our, he deserves our worship. Number two, God deserves our worship. The scripture says, you are worthy our Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. We owe everything that we are to God. 
we were given everything. We, were not, we, we did not create anything within ourselves other than the mess that some of us are in. God gave us everything. He gave ev- us everything that we need to give him honor. He has blessed us. He has saved us. He has provided, given you uh, prosperity, blessings. You say, well, well Pastor, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit right now. Well, your definition of struggling and, and some other folks' definition of struggling is two different things. I mean, we think we're poor and, if, you know, and we have more clothes than we can ever wear. We think we're struggling and we got the food we want to eat when we want to eat it. And we forget how much God has given us. He has blessed us. He loves us. He has a great plan for your life. Oh, it's good to be loved by God, isn't it? So he deserves our worship. All things the scripture says are by him, through him, and for him. And he's got more for you. I'm telling you, he's got good things in store for you. And the third fact about worship is this. God desires it. Now, this is, this is probably the hardest one for us to really comprehend. That God, who does not need anything, if he needed something, he would speak it into existence. He does not need, uh, he's worshipped already. He does not really need your worship, even though those th- he demands it, he deserves it. He does not need it. He is worshipped. But he desires it. He desires your affection expressed through your words and actions to be given to him in the form of worship. Jesus said to the Samaritan lady at the well, he said said this, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is looking for true worship from true worshipers. Isn't that amazing? God is looking over his creation, looking for those that would lift up their hearts and worship to him. He's seeking them out. And he goes on to say, God is spirit. And his worshipers must worship in the Spirit, that's the capital S for the Holy Spirit, that means through a relationship with God, and in truth, that means living it out in their daily lives. So it's not just enough to sing a song and say, I worship, but it is a relationship with him that he's seeking from true worshipers and the life that matches it up, that glorifies him in every place they go, in everything that they do that their lives are a form of worship to the Lord. You know, it's easy to sing a song, right? And it's easy to raise a hand. And those are good, and those are acts of worship. But God is seeking those that would live their life to honor Him, to worship Him with their everything, that they're very careful not to do anything that would dishonor Him. They wouldn't do anything that would take glory away from Him. They want to point all glory to Him. And that, are, that is true worship, true worship. And we want to be those people that God seeks. Now, if God is seeking true worshipers, don't you know God blesses that? Those that he finds giving him that true worship, his focus is on them, his blessings come with his focus 
on them. So, so worship is more than singing some songs to the Lord. That's, that's an act of worship. But it's a heart full of adoration to the Lord. It's a desire to, to live a life that's pleasing to Him. It's an allegiance to follow Him. It's honoring Him with our words and our actions. It's, it's worship that determines the entertainment that we enjoy and the friendships that we keep and the passions that we give into that affects everything about us. True worship is that lifestyle that's pleasing to God. And that is what every Christian should offer. We are not our own. The Bible says that we were purchased with a price. And our goal should be to bring honor. Even with your giftings, a little side note here, even with your giftings, the Lord's giftings can bring attention your way. Make sure the attention that you get gets pointed straight up to him. Make sure that the Lord receives the glory for what is due him. Remember, anything good in us is from him. So let's make sure we lift that up to him so he receives that worship that he deserves. Okay, so let's look at, we talked about some facts of worship. And let's look at the truth about worship. I want to give you six truths about worship. And when I think about a good example of worship in the Bible, I think about one of the great stories in the Bible. So we're going to go to Sunday school for just a few moments. And I really don't preach from this too much, this passage. Uh, I, I don't know why, but it sort of preaches itself. And, and um, so uh, we'll, uh, we'll see what, how, it, how it preaches today. I'm going to try to teach a little bit, but I may get a little preachery. But we're going to talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And uh, that's an that's a oldie one, but a goodie one, right? And there's some truth to it. And we're going to look at them to, to learn the truth about worship. Just a little setup. You know, the Israelites were in captivity during this time by the king of Babylon because of the Israelites' sin. They would sin, be judged, they would repent, God would forgive. But there came a time where God said, okay, you're going to captivity, and they were in captivity for 70 years under a, in another country under another king. And it was King Nebuchadnezzar. And King Nebuchadnezzar had a symbol built, an image built, now, Babylon is where King Nebuchadnezzar, where the, the, this story takes place. And Babylon is a symbol of the world's liberal, anti-God, materialistic culture. So in a lot of ways, we're living in Babylon today. Won't get into all that right now, but we're, Bab we're in Babylon. And uh, King Nebuchadnezzar had a good idea for himself to bring himself some worship. Daniel is chapter 3. I, I encourage you to go read the whole chapter in your Bible study this week. But Daniel's chapter 3, 1 says, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 60 cubits high. That is 90 feet. 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide. That's 9 feet. 9 feet wide and 90 feet tall. And set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He called, I'm going to jump in and out of this story just for saving some time. 
but King Nebuchadnezzar called all of his rulers and officials to dedicate the image, and he issued a decree uh, that when all of the musicians sounded their instruments, everyone was to bow down to this idol, to this image, to offer it worship. So truth number one, there is warfare over your worship. There is warfare over your worship. Just like God seeks those who will worship him, Satan also seeks those who will worship him. He has been bent on stealing worship from God since his uprising in heaven. He doesn't, and and unfortunately he succeeded with many people. He doesn't care about you personally. He just wants your worship. Why does he want your worship? He wants to keep it from God. He still wants to lift himself, elevate himself above God. And he could not do it in heaven, but he can do it in your life. Worship is the only thing that me and you have. Now, when I speak of worship, that comes with our will that God gave us the ability to bless him with our worship. Think about that. You and I, what is man, the psalmist said, that you are even mindful of us. But yet, when we give our worship to the Lord, it pleases him. He desires that. And Satan wants to steal that from you so he can elevate himself above God in your life. And he will do his best to offer you things that would steal that worship from you. There has always been a golden image. There there is always idols that he will present to you to try to steal your worship from the Lord. It could be popularity. It could be uh, prosperity. There are fame, whatever. It's things that will try to dethrone God and move him to second place. And we're just like Satan. We're arrogant. We think we can do that and still have God in our life. And he will not. He's a jealous God. He'll be number one. He'll have number the first position or no position. So there's warfare over your worship. Who will you give your worship to? You'll either give it to God completely or it will not be God's at all and you will in a way be worshiping the enemy of your soul. There is an idol that he will present to you, and it will be pleasing to you, and it will look right to you. It will look right to the culture, but don't give in to it. Give your worship fully to the Lord. Okay, so let me, that brings me to the second truth. Your worship for God will bring opposition from the world. Your worship from God will bring opposition, is the word, from the world. The king's edict said, edict, excuse me, said that anyone who did not bow down would be thrown into a blazing furnace. True worship to God will cost you something. You're going to see this more and more as these last days play out. We have been in the last days since Jesus was taken up to heaven, okay? That's when the last days began. 
the angel said, two men appeared in the form, they were angels, and said, why are you still looking here up at the sky? He's coming back again. So we've been in the last days for that long. But we are in the last of the last days. Man, you just watch the news and open your Bible. Just get Revelation out and turn on the national news. And you'll begin to see, oh, ooh, ooh. as a matter of fact, I think there's a series coming called Headlines where we're going to take today's headlines and look at it in the scripture. But man, it should be exciting today, man, because it's playing out. You don't have to imagine it too much. I was talking about to somebody this week, and, um, and uh, he may be even coming to visit our church sometime, but we were talking about all of this that's going on, and, and he admitted, I'm not a religious person. I said, but be ready, man. You're going to have to have that chip in your hand before long. It makes perfect sense. It, and the technology itself is not evil. It's going to be what's behind it. Your worship, when you, start, when you stand for God, the world will not agree with it. And you're going to see that. We're already seeing council culture. You're already seeing it uh, through, uh, you know, social media. We've been in Facebook jail before. It's okay. It's all good. We made it out. There's going to be censorship. And um, when, you, when you stand for the truth and your true worship to the Lord, you're going to see opposition from the world. It will not agree to who they worship. And King Nebuchadnezzar said that anyone who does not bow down will be thrown into the fiery furnace. And he had the uh, musicians play. And everyone bowed down except some Hebrew people. And then some of his leaders and officials came running to the king and said, there's three young men who did not bow down. And their names were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That was their Babylonian name. King Nebuchadnezzar gave them another chance. He was, they were brought before him. He said, okay, you did not bow down. I'm going to give you another opportunity. I'm going to have the musicians play again. And I'm going to give you another chance. Now let me give you number three right in the middle of this story. I'm going to go old school just for a moment. Is that okay? Truth number three, music is a powerful tool for worship. Be very careful what song you are singing. I, I, um, I'll tell you, I like some old 80s rock, man. It was just, it was some of the best music around. I'm just telling you, it was, it was weird back then. but just something about it. But there is some 80s music I refuse to listen to. I was an old Def Leppard fan. Was anybody out there? Oh, man, I got down with some Def Leppard, man. There are some songs, as a matter of fact, I don't listen to anything that, they, uh, that comes on the radio with Def Leppard because it pulls me back too much. It reminds me too much of the man I used to be. Okay, what about Eagles? Any Eagles fans out there? Woo! I will not listen to Hotel California. There are some things about that song that is not right. Not just the lyric. I mean, even the tune, it gets in your mind, it will not leave. You got to be very careful what music you listen to. What, listen, think about this. We just had some worship just a moment ago. Remember, 
God created music for worship. Satan was the worship leader of heaven. As a matter of fact, there is a scripture that makes you believe that actually Satan has instruments upon him, even made of instruments. He was the worship leader of heaven. And God created worship to, uh, music to bring worship. So what happens when we worship the Lord through music? We are all singing the same song. We're speaking the same words in agreement. Be very careful of what you're saying in agreement with the world. I look, don't, don't, be very careful. I don't sing them songs about your wife leaving and the dog bit you and whatever else they say. <laughs> don't be in agreement with that stuff. You be very careful what you, what you agree with with your words because you are speaking that out. The Bible says the life uh, of power and death, excuse me, is in the power of the tongue. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Just be very careful what you agree with. Man, it's, it's a little bit better to go ahead and get you some good worship songs and let it come out to the Lord. It's a powerful tune for worship. Like it or not, it really is. And Just be very careful there. Okay, so um, songs get us saying the same words in agreement. And uh, let's make sure we're agreeing with the right things. So they, they were going to play the music. He was going to play the music again, again. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, no, ain't no need for that. This is what they said. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we, are, we do not need to defend ourselves for you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will. Deliver us from your majesty's hand. One way or the other, he's going to do it. But I love verse 18. And this is what we all got to get in our spirits. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. It's already settled in our hearts what we're going to do. It really doesn't matter what happens to us. It doesn't change who we are because worship comes within, from within. It doesn't matter the outward circumstances. And people of God, we got to get this one. we got to get it in our hearts that our devotion is to the Lord and it doesn't matter what happens around us. We're still going to give him our hearts in worship our lives to him completely. So truth number four, worship should not depend on your conditions. Worship should not depend on your conditions. My heart has been grieved this week um, with what's going on in Afghanistan, uh, with what's going on with the pandemic. Uh, just Man, there's just some major suffering in this world. And I'm telling you, uh, God is still God, and he is a good God. And when we decide to worship him, we, we have it in our hearts. It's, it's not even a decision. It's already been made. The decision has been made. It should be. That we're going to worship the Lord in the good and the bad, in the blessings and the sufferings. It doesn't change our worship from him. And when you have that in your heart, it gets God's attention. God 
looks, he's looking for those true worshipers. And man, if, if worship is ever true, it's when the conditions would say otherwise. It's when the conditions would say, hey, uh, doubt God. Hey, give up on God. Hey, bow anyway. Everybody else is doing it. But when you stand anyway, you got God's attention. You can believe that. And our worship, true worship, should not depend on circumstances or conditions. It should depend on God. Is he worthy or not? And yes, he is. Job, going through my Bible reading right now, is in Job. My daily reading is in Job. And Job, after facing all that he faced, he said this, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Have you already settled it in your heart that you're going to serve God and worship Him regardless? If you have, would you go ahead and stand up right now and give Him a worship? Can we be so radical that we would stand up and just lift our hands and praise Him and give Him the glory that's due Him? Some of you are facing some very difficult times right now, and Satan is trying to stifle your worship. He's trying to take that from you and weigh you down in such a heavy way. Go ahead and lift your names up, your hands up, lift his name up, and say, Lord God, I worship you. It's not going to change. Nothing I'm facing right now will change my worship for you. You are a good God. You have been faithful to me. And Lord, I will give you my heart and my soul and my worship. In Jesus' name. Whoo, man, I think God just sort of looked down on this place, don't you? Let's give him another round of applause. You can be seated. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can sit down. I've just got a few more minutes. <clears throat> man, doesn't that feel so much better than complaining about it? Doesn't that feel so much? I'm telling you, when you proclaim out of your mouth, now it is your life lived, but sometimes you've got to let a shout out. And when you start opening your mouth and lifting up worship to the Lord, the atmosphere changes. I'm telling you, about 10,000 little nymphs just left this place. They thought, no, -uh, we ain't staying around that. And I'm telling you, it changes in your own life. I, I, I dare you. A few weeks ago, I double-dog dare you. I'm a double-dog dare you again. Start lifting your mouth, uh, lifting God up with your mouth. Out loud, in your car, begin to proclaim. If you start feeling this heaviness, you proclaim out of your mouth God's goodness. and Give him some worship. You'll feel things changing. Okay, so let me get two more truths, and, and uh, the worship team's going to come back, and we're going to have a time of worship. Oh, I love this. Worship will bring God's presence. I know how it is to to be going through something that's so heavy that I was having panic attacks and feeling so overwhelmed that all I could do was say, Jesus. And I couldn't even say it loud. Didn't even have the strength to say it loud. I was so emotionally overwhelmed. The enemy was really attacking me. But he couldn't stop me from squeezing out the name of Jesus. Jesus. And the more I said it, the louder I was able to get. Jesus. 
Jesus. Jesus. And God's presence began to fill the pickup truck that I was sitting in. And it's amazing how that heaviness had to leave. When God shows up, things change. There is a shifting that takes place. The enemy cannot stay where God's presence is. And you know about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They did not bow down. They refused to. And this infuriated King Nebuchadnezzar. It said that he had the furnace heated seven times hotter. And it was so hot that even his soldiers, they tied up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and even the soldiers that were taking them up to put them into the mouth of the furnace, it was so hot that they died themselves. It says Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell over into the furnace. I'm sure everybody thought that's the end of them, that's the end of that rebellion. But come on, y'all. God was not through. And Daniel, it says, uh, the king ne then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men we tied up and threw into the fire? I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. What about you? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Well... It was the Son of God. It was Jesus Christ himself walking in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the scripture teaches us that they came out and there was not even a smell of smoke on them. Now God shows up in your, pres in, uh, in your worship. When your worship goes up, his presence comes down. And he will work on your behalf. It may not be as dramatic as this, but you have to know that God will work things out for you every time. Your worship brings his presence. The scripture says he inhabits the praises of his people. And I've seen in my own life, again, some times where I just begin to worship the Lord and his presence come in such a mighty way that I, everything changed for me. He'll do it the same for you. Let me give you number six. Would you stand with me, please? Why in the world would God's presence show up when we worship him? There are some people that you worship that don't even know your name. There's some people that wouldn't give you a opportunity to get to know them that you worship there are some things that you worship that have never done anything for you only taken from you and yet you have a God that when you worship that his presence will come and move on your life and you will t you will know that he is there how many of you understand what I'm saying you will know he's there. He desires your worship. He does not need anything. He desires your worship. A relationship, not just songs, but a relationship with him through his spirit and a life that lives it out. I had a, some 
contractors at my house this week, and not to go into the whole story, but there was a company coming to replace some boards that, that was under warranty. They should have had it fixed, you know, and there was a leak, and there was some rotten boards, and so they were there, and then there was another contractor there doing some other work for me, and, and um, there was a board that was cracked and needed to be replaced, but it had nothing to do with the, the leak. But I felt it in my heart that, hey, and they were talking about, we'll replace this board, this is what we'll do, and, and it was great, and I was like, man, they're going to replace this board too, but then I thought, that has nothing to do with the leak. And they were told by their boss to come and replace the boards that needed to be replaced, but he didn't know that was cracked. I felt a little check in my spirit. And I said, well, guys, let me tell you, now, I don't think that really has nothing to do with the leak, this board, so I'll pay you for that. And he said, oh, we're here doing boards anyway. We're just going to do that for you. Well, thank you very much, and I ain't going to say nothing else. Thank you. <laughs> and I really didn't think much about this other contractor listening. And he'd come back out Saturday to do something else. And he said, by the way, where's your church at? And I told him where it was, and man, we'd love for you to come. And he said this, because you, you are true blue. He didn't tell me the reason why, but immediately the Holy Spirit brought me back to that, that he heard me tell them that that board had nothing to do, that I wanted to, I wanted to pay you for that. Not even thinking about him at all. Let me tell you, when you start honoring God with your life, Truth number six, your worship is a witness to others. Your worship is a witness to others. The way you honor God, the way you live your life, other people are looking. Other people are watching. King Nebuchadnezzar issued a decree. He became a believer. Read it for yourself. He issued a decree that no one could say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And if they did, they would be cut to pieces. He wasn't even going to take a chance of burning them in the fire again. That didn't work out. He just said, go ahead and kill them on the spot. Cut them up. And man, I'm telling you, the world is watching you today. How will you worship? Who will you worship? And how will you honor him? And they are looking for some people that would be like them and say, I worship the true God. And every other God one day will bow to this God. Would the worship team come up? Let's give these guys a round of applause. I appreciate them. At the same time, would you give an applause to the sound and media guys that work so hard back there too? They are the worship team also. And I am, I've shared this uh, with you that I, so much that I appreciate about this team because they understand worship is more than just the song that we sing. How do you know, Pastor Bobby, whether the anointing wouldn't show up in such a way as it does if they were not living a life of worship? I've seen some wonderful musicians and some wonderful talented singers that it felt like a concert. Didn't feel nothing moving. Didn't feel God blessing it. But I'm so thankful for people that, that honor God with their life. And when they come here, God uses their gift, their talent, 
to usher us into worship, to help us focus on him. But it's all about him. Man, we can worship without any musician. We can worship ourselves, all by yourself. And you're, when you're alone, you'll just open up your heart and say, God, I give you everything. I am nothing without you. Just begin to declare your thanksgiving to him. Lift up your praise. Begin to tell him how much, how, how good he is, has been to you, how much you thank him for that. Begin to say, God, I, I just want to live my life to please you. Help me with that. I, ne- I need help. But I honor you. Sing your own song. You don't even have to have a song, man. Sing it from your heart to the Lord. He's listening. He's watching. He desires it. We're going to take just a moment to, to worship him. And I understand that and during worship, when hearts are pointing toward God, you can get the miracle you need if you'll get your mind off of that problem and just get it on to the Lord. Put him first and everything else just lines out. So you get a miracle during worship. You can get a, a word. I've, I've gotten words during worship that have changed my life. And I'm telling you, all you need is to get in God's presence. And he does that when your hearts are pointed toward him in worship. So we're going to take a few moments. We're going to make this a matter of prayer. Before we get into it, let's go ahead and get the sin out of our life. If, you need, if you've got sin in your life, you know that's not pleasing to the Lord. That's blocking your worship to the Lord. Let's go ahead and deal with that. Okay, you're watching online. I want you to pray this right now. Church, we're going to pray it together. Let's pray it. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Would you forgive me for all my sins? Would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? And I'll do my best to live for you in Jesus' name.